Hey, what's up, everybody? You are tuned in to another episode of Access Granted. It's your boy, Mr. Antoine, in the building. Hope everyone is having a great day so far, man. Uh, this has actually been a pretty chill day for me, knock on wood. <laughs> um, work wasn't too hectic today, and I'm still technically working from home now, so any chance I get that I can work from home and still have a pretty laid-back day, it's always good for me, man. Um, uh had a couple of things that I wanted to touch on, um, but I'm actually going to save those for another show because I was hoping that my co-host was going to be here with me tonight. Um, actually, my substitute co-host, Stacey Rose, um, hopefully she'll pop on. And salute to my regular co-host, my sister, Selena. Uh, she's been on vacation for a week and she hit me up yesterday and was like, my, my husband wants to stay another day or two. <laughs> Who am I to tell the husband, no, <laughs> bring your wife home so she can be on the show? <laughs> you know what I mean? So salute to them, man. They're out there, you know, uh, enjoying life as they should be, man. So we are going to get right into the show today, man. Um, as we said before we came on air, I want to give a shout out to my sister, Kesha, a.k.a. Puddin, a.k.a. Fill in the blank, a.k.a. Fill in the blank, a.k.a. Fill in the blank. Um, I saw that she was up in New York over the weekend, looked like she was having a really great time. So shout out to her for making this connection. Um, and I want to welcome this good brother to the show, Thomas Lane. How you doing, bro? Welcome to Access Granite. Well, thank you for having me, brother. I'm, I'm so Absolutely. honored to be here today. Absolutely. As I'm sitting here looking at the merch, uh, I will be getting a light blue T-shirt ASAP. <laughs> well, thank you, Definitely. brother. I will definitely uh, get some merch and support the movement, man. Um, first of all, how's everything going with you? Everything is good, man. You know, I see every day that, you know, God give me above the ground, man. I'm blessed. Amen. Amen. And and you know what, man? It's funny. It, it's well, not funny, but it's great that you say that because um, a lot of times we take that one day for granted. You know what I mean? We uh. I don't think people realize that that our, our book of life is already written and we don't know when that time is, you know, when that time is coming. And, and sometimes, man, we get so caught up in the day to day and, and just, you know, all that's going on in our lives that we don't take that time to just sit back and acknowledge the, the, the fact that we have one more time to get it right. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, I'm not going to sit up here and try to act like I'm a preacher and all of that stuff, but, you know, as I've gotten a little bit older and I've gotten a little bit wiser um, in life and been through some of the things that I've been through and seen some of the things that other people are going through, I start to appreciate, you know what I'm saying, the, the little things. Being able to work from home and, you know, not have to go out there because, I mean, it's, it's a lot going on out there. And anything can happen to you, you know, your, your time could come in the comforts of your own home. But you still have to mm -hmm. appreciate just that opportunity. You know, my wife has to get up and go to work, you know, every day still. You know, my son gets up and goes to school and work. And you never know what happens when they leave out that door. You know what I'm saying? So every time we have an, an opportunity, man, to just, you know, be here. And, and really, for me, I always look at, the, look at it from the philosophy of one more chance to get it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And exactly. one more chance to be better. You know what I'm saying? Become a better man. Become a better husband. Become a better father. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. 
you know, we have to we have to acknowledge, man, and be grateful for those opportunities because, you know, especially here in Baltimore, man, you can't turn on the news any day now at this right. point without hearing about, you know, someone losing their life, unfortunately, man. So, you know, we can't live our life in fear. We have to, you know, go out and do what we can and just, you know, acknowledge, man, when you have that opportunity to, you know, to continue to be here and, and, and you know, and, and, and do stuff like this, you know what I'm saying? Break bread and, you know, I, yeah. I just wanted to put that out there, man, because there's a lot of people that take it for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, two things come to mind that you speak on that. And one is you can't go back and change tomorrow, but you can start the day and make a new ending. Mm. And then like the that. other thing is it's seven days in a week, my brother. You know, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm -hmm. and Sunday. And someday is not one of them. Mm. So we can't take on a Sunday mentality. We have to make the good use of the time that God has given us and be able to make a difference or impact in this world. And that's what I feel like what you're doing with this podcast platform that you're on. And I appreciate yeah. it so much, man, because you are really giving back into the community and allowing people to be reached yeah. through this virtual platform. I appreciate that, man. And, you know, I tell people all the time, like, um, hey, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. How you doing, Yvette? Um, I tell everybody all the time, man, like, you know, a lot of people these days, man, they get into these podcasts and everything, and they're looking at it, you know, as an opportunity to make some money and hopefully get rich and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, for me, you know, I'm at a point in my life where the money doesn't, I'm not going to say it doesn't mean a thing because, you know, we all got bills and everything to pay. But, you know, um, you can't pay me enough money to provide a platform like this to brothers like you. You know what I mean? Like you can't pay me enough money to, to have some of the artists to have the opportunity to sit in front of some of the people that I have on this show and, you know, just bring them to the world and introduce people like yourself and some of the other people that like you can't put a price on everything you know what i mean so i love doing this I, lo I love the fact that i can do it from the comforts of my home um and i just love coming across people like you man and just you know just introducing the world man if, if you don't get nothing but one t-shirt sale or one book sale or whatever the case is out of this you know i, I feel like i've done my job because i created that you know and, and i i do this very unselfishly, man. Very, very unselfishly. So I, I appreciate that acknowledgement, man, because a lot of people don't understand. You know what I mean? A, lo a lot of people really don't understand it. But that's enough about me, man. Let's let's get into Thomas Lane. Let's get into. A lot of times we start these conversations and we want to go back and see, you know, and kind of work your way up. Um, I want to start mm -hmm. with released. I, I want to start with this this project i want to talk about this music that you're doing and, and, and everything you know how like what's going on with thomas lane at this point right now before we start going back to the backstory well what's going on right now is that 
And I've been through 30 years of mental health issues. I've been through 15 years of drug addiction, over 10 years in prison. And while I was in prison, I found my release through the Bible, education, and music. And that put me on a trage trajectory towards wanting to make a difference in this world for broken people. Not just for broken people, it's, it's people of all sorts and all walks of life that's going through so many things, man. And what I found, man, that music soothes the savage beast, as they said, and education, man, knowledge plus education equals confidence because we often fear what we do not understand. And knowledge is our best defense. Education leads to understanding and understanding to alternative solutions. And those solutions for me came again through the Bible, music, and education. Education that I had eighth grade education. I could barely read or write, man. And I found education in prison, but translated it when I came out of prison to college to get my visual communication and graduate with a 3.6 GPA. So now all of those things of what I'm bringing together in this release project and to give back to the community. So the release project now is more than just, uh, it's more than just my, autobiography book. It's more than just my musical EP. It's also an outreach component to it. So I have raised enough money right now to be able to give back to unfortunate children. You just talked about all of the crime that's going on in the city. So we know that the children are our future, man. So I'm going back to that first by making a connection by giving back um, you know, through school supplies to help them. And then I'm going next to the institutions and be able to give toiletries to incarcerated men and women. And then the bigger vision is to develop a visual communication uh, workshop where I will teach um, video, photography, animation, and graphics of all sorts. All of the videos that you see, all of the graphic imagery, um, the book, all of that stuff is what I want to be able to teach incarcerated men and women. I think I just froze up too. Yeah, you did. You did. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll get back. Yeah. Um. So, out of all of the things that you just mentioned, man, um, the one thing that I I hope that you'll be transparent enough to touch on is, is something that. I always say is a, a very taboo uh, situation or a very taboo conversation um, when it comes to the African-American community, and that's mental health. Mm -hmm. Even though I am a IT slash network guy, um, I actually work for the Maryland Department of Health and the Behavioral Health Administration. So even though I'm not directly in the field, I see a lot of statistics. I see a lot of work that's being done um, in the mental health world. And, you know, it seems to me like, especially maybe over like the last five years, especially I'll say like maybe five to eight years, I've noticed that a lot of black people are starting to open up to acknowledging the fact that we need help in that area. You know what I mean? We go through so much yeah. as as people. We go through so much as black men. We go through so much as black women. And, 
you know, for a while, the one example that I always give, man, is, you know, growing up as a black man, we weren't allowed to show vulnerability. You know, it was, you know, shut up, you know, stop crying, get over it. You're, you're a man, you know, you, you're a boy, you know, and, and I feel like that got beat in our heads so much, you know, over time that it started to scar us in a very negative way and prevented us or kept us from wanting to reach out and say, you know, I'm hurt, you know, I'm going through something, mm. you know. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about your situation um, and the things that you went through and, and a little bit about, you know, your turnaround and how you were able to, first of all, acknowledge that you needed help because that's the first step. And then, you know, the help that you were able to get. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what you said, brother. Um, you know, when you're growing up in the hood and I grew up at 945 North Chapel Street, it's in between Ashland Avenue and Eager Street. And we used to call Eager Street Deaky Land, right? Because it was like the wild, wild west in modern daytime. But it was nothing for somebody to carry a gun or you see somebody get shot in the head and their brains hanging out in the car. I hate, hate to be graphic, but I want to be real, you know? That's real. And right. when you grow up in an environment like that, you become impervious to pain. It's like you said, it's when you around your peers in that kind of environment, you feel like, well, I can't show no no fear or no, no pain, you know, and then it, it begins to become a numbing process. And for me, what I tried to escape was by selling drugs because I felt like it empowered me to be better than somebody else. But that in turn turned into a drug addiction, brother. And, and what happened with that took me on a roller coaster ride of drug addictions for, you know, 30 years, man. And that just helped me mask, mask my emotions, my feelings. And it took me on a mental health roller coaster ride, man, where I had suicidal thoughts at times. You know, man, I, I went through depression. I went through a whole emotional thing of feelings, but I would not share. And what I would say is that mental health is a silent killer because it causes you to be an introvert and not share your feelings with people while all the time you're going through turmoil inside. And you it's just a matter of time, like a ticking time clock before you self-destruct. And that's why I said um, that I was rescued really when I went to prison. I often say that I had one foot on a banana peel and one in the grave. And just as I was about to slip, Jesus Christ reached down, picked me up, turned me around, and gave me a new life. So mm -hmm. it's prevalent in the community. And, you know, God allowed me to go back into those situations. Like I teach as an educational coordinator, GD within Howard County Detention Center. And I've run across so many young men all the time, my brother, that's going through mental health issues and don't even know. So my, my tutoring became more than just that. It becomes being a mentor and a counselor without them even recognize that I'm doing that because all they see is the tutoring. But I have this one-on-one -on -one conversation with them and I can begin to share my experience without telling them my experience in the beginning, if you know what I mean. But I could be yeah. able to impart something into their life that, that will turn on a light bulb that will make them realize 
that change is now and not tomorrow because it's not promised to us. And that change today can change your tomorrow. I often say that, that uh, we may not change the world um, by helping one person, but helping one person can change the world for them. So um, that's that's basically, you know, in my mental health um, journey is that, man, I went through being homeless on the street, eating out of trash cans. I had low self-esteem, man. I felt like, you know, my life had no purpose. I felt like that I, I wanted to give up and throw in the towel, you know, but God saw otherwise. And that's what took me on this journey to this release project. And release means to be delivered and set free from whatever struggle you're going through. And we all, brother, need to be released from something. So I'm just trying to get out here in the community and stand in the trenches and just do something different than what I learned when I was growing up. And that's to give back and help impact lives. And 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 you mentioned something earlier, man, when you you talked about, you know, the neighborhood that you grew up in and how it was nothing for you to just go out on a regular day. You know what I'm saying? It could be a, a Sunday morning before church and you could see some, you know, somebody's brain splattered, you know, in the street, literally. Um, and I think that people don't understand how oblivious we can become to that, how that becomes the norm. You know what I mean? And yeah. we always equate PTSD to people that have been off, you know, in the military fighting in wars and, you know, killing kids and all of that kind of stuff. But, bro, we have PTSD issues right here in our city, right here in our own neighborhoods because of the things that, you know, unfortunately, we are subject to on, a, a, unfortunately, a very regular case, you know, a very regular basis, man. And. I don't think people realize how that continuous, you know, what that that continuous access granted, so to speak, to the violence, no pun intended, but that's the name of the show. But we don't understand how after years and years and years, man, that that totally affects us. And like you said, we can hold this stuff in, you know, and and we become a ticking time bomb, man. And unfortunately, when that bomb goes off, nine and a half times out of 10, it's a bad result. It's either a bad result for us or it's a bad result for somebody else. And I don't think people yeah. really understand. You know, we, again, we grew up, we grew up in these neighborhoods and these cities, man, and we almost look like it's, it's the norm. It's like something is wrong when you turn on the news and you don't hear about a murder or you don't hear about mm -hmm. something violent happening or something like that. Um, just give me your thoughts on, on, cause I basically wanted to touch on the PTSD part and how, you know, again, the, the world equates that to people that are in the military that have gone to war, such and such and such, and then they come home and they're having these thoughts. But again, you know, we're damn near having wars in the streets every day. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, a lot of our young people, man, especially a lot of our young black men don't even realize that PTSD part of what they go through. Yeah, and that's true. And it, it takes me back again to, you know, just like I said, we called, you know, at the mentality, man, like we call Eager Street, which was, it consists of drug dealers, drug addicts, prostitutes. And, you know, people there to rob you, it was all kind of shysty people. 
right? And you lived in that environment, and now, like, I reflect back on it, I was like, wow, that was like the wild, wild west. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I was definitely in a war zone every day, man. And, you know, you can walk from Eager Street up to Ashland, and it's a totally different atmosphere. Night to day was different. If you was out in the daytime, you would see more working class people, people of that such kind. But at, at night, it was a different environment. It was, you know, all of these other people came out the woodwork. And you it was a survival, man, because you was living not day by day, but minute by minute, brother. Because at any moment, you could be laying in the gutter with your brains blown out if you did not take your environment serious and understand. So those those people that posed as mentors, that tell you how to behave and what to do when you out here hustling, are the ones you know that was passed on from them. But at the same time, that post-stomatic stress was there. You know, it was real. It was just like he was in a war zone. And I saw the same thing, my brother, when I went to prison. It was the same kind of atmosphere, but now it was in a closed environment, a microcosm community that had danger lurking. You had gangs, you had um, people doing the same thing, robbing you in there. It was like a, a, a microcosm ghetto, man. You know what I mean? I'm not, no, no pun intended, but the environment we grew up in, man, was, you know, it, 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 was, it was just, it was foul. You know what I mean? And the same thing, for prison. So when I went to prison, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm at home, you know? So I already knew how to behave because I was taught that as a young man on the street. I started using drugs, man, at 13 years old because it was introduced to me. And then watching the drug dealers, you get fascinated with the cars and the money and the clothes. But, <laughs> you know, in the long run, man, when I found myself in prison, and that light bulb went off, that's when I realized, man, how dangerous and detrimental that situation was. And it is like into PSTD, man. Yeah. What What was that light bulb going off moment for you, man? Like, what, what was uh, it? Was there anything in particular that happened where you said, okay, now this is the time that I got to wake up and make that change? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so I went to prison twice, right? The first time I came out, went back to the same environment, but I didn't change my mentality. You know what mm. I mean? So I ended up going right back to prison, not even a year later. But this time, man, it was like the Bible said that it was like a dog turning around and eating his own vomit. So it was like two times worse than the first time. So, you know, where I ended up homeless on the street, man, I was eating out of the trash cans, I went down to like 110 pounds. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want my family to see me. I was at the point of distress. Um, you know, mental health issues were just all over the place rampant, man. So it got to the point where I felt suicidal. So I was on the verge of just trying to kill myself by just using as much drugs as I can. But like I said, I got caught up and locked up. And what I thought, was you know um something bad turned into be my refuge because look brother when i when i ended up in prison that second time i slept for two weeks straight now i only know this because my cell buddy told me and that's because i binged out on drugs so much that my body was torn down 
that, you know, my body just shut down, man, and I was asleep for two weeks straight. And when I woke up from that and my somebody was saying, man, I thought you was dead. The only reason I didn't because you were snoring, you know, and I was like, oh, OK. He said, you were asleep for two weeks, man. And Twan, I ain't even real. Do you mind if I call you Twan? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, so Twan, man, I didn't even realize that I was asleep for two weeks. And when I woke up out of that, it was like a flashback. You know how people say before death, they kind of see their life flash before them. Yeah, when I woke up, man, it was like a flashback to, you know, all of this stuff that I had been through. And I got to that breaking point, man, when that light bulb went off, that God said, there's something more for you to do because you're still here after all of that. And that's when I went on this journey to the release project. And that's such a blessing, bro. That's such a blessing. So you get to this point where you acknowledge, you know, that there's more for you, but you still have to go through this, this, this process, man, of, you know, of, of healing. You have to go through this process of, you know, the change, the metamorphosis, the metamorphosis, whatever it may be. Um, mm -hmm. How important was it for you to be able to, to reach out, and and you know talk to people and you know whether it was counselors or therapists or whatever the case may be because like you said earlier man a lot of times we just want to keep it all in you know what i'm saying it's yeah. almost tab to to put it out there and, and and to talk about it how how important was that ability to release i mean that's actually the perfect name how yeah how was it for you to be able to release in order for you to grow to the point where you are now shout out to my sister kiara noble love you sis well, it was it, it was life, not only life changing, but life saving. And like I told you, what changed my life for releasing me was the Bible, music and education. So the Bible was at the top of the list. You know, um, I was able to to go to the church and release this thing, man, and be able to talk to the chaplain there and get some kind of guidance. You know, it became like my mentor. And for me. When I started reading the Bible, Jesus became like my mentor and my guide. He became my compass um, on the trajectory to living with morals, principles, and values versus I had none. So mm. all of these components with that changed my mindset. And that's where the mental health issue thing come in at. When, you, when your mindset changed, man, then you feel different about yourself. You gain confidence, you, you gain faith, and you gain strength, and you understand that you have value, and you can also impart that value to someone else. And that's what um, basically my mentor, Bishop Richard Scott, he actually married me and my wife. He became a very intricate part of my life, um, even after I was released from prison. But yeah, brother, the, the Bible, and then once I found out about education, and I just excelled in things that I didn't realize that was already in me that God put there. So the Bible opened up a door to understanding the potential that I had in me revealed through education. And then I began to express it through music. So I kept watching the guys up there singing on the choir. And I was, you know, I was moved inside. You know how you hear a song, man, that you can reflect back on? or it means something to you after you've been through something detrimental. That's what those songs were doing for me. 
And then that's when I realized that God gave me another voice. So that's how all of this came together, brother, the Bible, the music, and the education. And that's exactly what I'm imparting back out into my community, namely reaching out to the young brothers. But I'm not forgetting about those people that are already behind the fence. Because like I said, I work for Maryland Correctional Enterprises. I am a lead graphic designer. I actually got that job, brother, going through work release. God opened that door for me. I've been working for the state now for 16 years. I have a pen, a personal identification now. Oh, and I was something like that. But then at the same time, he allowed me to be on, a, I don't want to give too much of the, the information that's in the book, because what I'm telling you is basically um, the journey of the release project that's in this book. But I'll share that that also led me to the correctional education counselor. I mean, coordinating um, council where I sat on this board um, to help people be able to escalate the education as well. And that connected me to the director of Howard County Detention Center. He's retired now. His name was Jack Cavanaugh. And that's when I started working as educational coordinator there. I've been there for seven years and I do one-on-one -on -one tutoring. That's why I told you I can also impart that mentoring and counseling through that education process. So now that I see that work, and everything else, you know, the Bible, music, and education melded together to this release project. So I'm just taking everything that God brought me out of, blessed me with, and turning around and giving it back. So like you were saying, brother, a lot of this stuff that you see here is, is not really about a profit. The way I want to profit is to reach back and help other people. So a lot of these proceeds, man, are going back and to you know, unfortunate children so that they could get school supplies. There's a whole lot of other things that I wanna do uh, and I gotta take it a step at a time. But right now that's one. And then the other one is to provide toiletries for incarcerated men and women and then start this visual communication workshop. And then I'm gonna get out there. I'm rolling up my sleeve and getting out there in the trenches and being able to talk to these young people. So I'm looking to go into juvenile detention centers, already been involved in Mountain Manor, um, you know, with um, kids that are addicted to drug, man, from anywhere to 12 to 21 years old. I ministered there for like seven years and I'm gonna go back there. God kind of took me back to develop this project. Now I'm going back out into the trenches and um, mm. serve my community, just like you doing, brother. You serving, you serving your community by opening up this platform. Yeah. Like I said again, man, I give you big ups, man, for what you're doing. I appreciate that, bro. I want to go back a little bit, man. Um, I was taking in everything that you said, and you use this word value, man. And um, you know, it, it's kind of sad that we don't always realize the value that we have in this world and something that you said there were gifts and talents that were already inside of you that you didn't know about and it took something to happen for you to start manifesting those gifts and that's something that our pastor uh philip miller at victorious living faith ministries um always talks about we're all born with certain talents we're all born with certain gifts um we have to figure out when where and how to best utilize those gifts you know what i mean um 
And you also mentioned something that touched me personally because you talked about how the music, the gospel music that you were listening to or whatever, how that pretty much ministers to you. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm far, 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 far from a great singer, but I started singing on choirs and now I'm presently singing on the praise and worship team at our church because a lot wow. of that music ministers to me, bro. Um, that song, My Worship Is For Real, is so deep for me because of the lyrics of the song. You don't know my story, all the things that I've been through. You can't feel my pain, what I had to go through to get here. You'll never understand mm -hmm. my prayer. Try to figure it out. That song is so personal for me, bro. It's so, yeah. and there's songs like for every mountain. And, you know, I, I could sit up here and name probably about 15 or 20 songs, man, that literally there's been times when we've sang those songs and I've just stopped singing and started crying in the middle of the song because it, it touches yeah. your soul that much. What's your what's your song? What's that song that when you're listening to the tears start flowing, the, the joy and the overjoy just starts coming out because it resonates with you so personally? Well, it's a lot of them, but uh, yeah. my songs, um, of course, but it's one, and I'm just gonna actually just sing it. You might've heard it before. Okay, you we get, we give get life. Huh? No, go ahead. I was saying we get ready to get a show. Go ahead. Do your thing. Okay. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken great mm -hmm. are you lord it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only that one right there he give life he give love he give the breath of life man and each day that i wake up above ground and be breathing i understand that god has given me another opportunity to make a difference yeah and like we said in the beginning of the show, man, that's um, that's that's what we gotta we we gotta not take for granted and and go out here and and make the best of those, you know, those new opportunities that we give. Shout out to my sis Kiara. She she's in the back. She said she felt that. She said same brother. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you man, can see the man. I don't know if you can see the comments at the bottom of the screen, man. But um, uh, sister Kiara Noble, man, she um. She goes uh, to my church. She's one of the ministers at my church. And um, I'm glad to see her here because I know that the mental health aspect that we were talking about earlier is near and dear to her heart as well. I almost want to ask Kiara, can I send her the link so that she can come host co-host this show with me? But I'm not. But now that I said it, if she hears it and she wants to hop on, just let me know and I'll put her on. So 
talk a little bit, man, about the second time uh, that you were released from prison, that transition that went on, you know, in, in life and how you were able to start getting things back together, so to speak. Yeah, so the second time, like I told you, uh, I was, man, I was out for like two weeks and myself, buddy, like I said, told me, man, I thought you was dead. He said, but tell you started snoring, you know, he said, but you was out for like two weeks, man. So that right there made me realize, wow, I, you know, I know God has me here for a reason. And that took me really quick, man. It seemed like God moved things quick, really quick. So, you know, I went. And that's when I got into education. I got my um, graphic art. Well, actually, I started with um, getting my certification as a reading literacy tutor. That led me to graphic arts, where I got my certificate. It was a six-month program. I passed it in four months, and the director asked me to be a tutor. So the remaining time, I was tutoring that. And that's when I realized this is what I want to do when I get out. And I wanted to go to college and, um, you know, get my degree in graphic arts, which really turned into visual communication. So I went to CCBC um, between two campuses in Essex and in Catonsville. It depended on, you know, I was a non-traditional student, as they call it, because um, I did not, you know, graduate out of high school and then go to college. I came out of prison to, um, a job and then went to college and accomplished my um, degree. And that put me on a trajectory towards wanting to do something in the community. So I got involved in the missionary thing in El Salvador and I got an opportunity to talk to the MS 13 and 18th Street gang, went into mm -hmm. three institutions there, the Women's Institution, the Juvenile Detention Center, and also the male prisons. And man, I'm gonna tell you, you think Maryland's prisons were, were uh, bad. If you see them on TV, movie or whatever, I've been in there. They cannot compare to the prisons in El Salvador. And you think it's yeah. dangerous here. It's really dangerous over there. So, you know, I thank God that he had a covering over um, me during that time. But I was able to reach some souls, man, even with language barriers. You know, we had an interpreter but I'm going to tell yeah. you, man, that music is universal, um, you know, because when we open our mouths and sing, it touched them and impacted them. So, you know, um, all of that, too, again, is, is in the book um, in detail. But, yeah, man, that that last time when I realized that I should should not be here any longer and I knew that God was the only one that could deliver me or release me from that. That's when I went on this journey to the release project. Let me ask you this question, man. Um, how, how was your support system when you came home? You understand what I mean? Like a, a lot of times, man, when people have been incarcerated, they don't have a support system to come home. Sometimes a family, has, you know, disowned and or abandoned mm -hmm. them. You know, they don't really have anybody, mm -hmm. you know, that they can come home to that'll really, you know, support them and be there for them. How was your support system when you came out this last time? 
Okay, I can't speak on that unless I go back to the first one. Um, okay. Because they kind of connect. Gotcha. So the first one, I had family support, but I came back out and I, you know, did worse than I did before. So I burnt those bridges. So the second time I went, see, God has a way, man, of like, like he provided a ram in the bush, right? You know what scripture I'm talking about. He has a way, man, of providing people and places for you before you even knew it. You know what I mean? So that's that walk of faith, you know, that you walk by faith and not by sight. Even though I couldn't see it, I knew that God had something for me down the road. And it was just being revealed by how the doors were being opened for me, you know. Um, it seemed like I had favor, not seemed like I had favor over my life. And then, you know, the only one that stuck there beside me was moms. You know, moms, it, you can do no wrong with moms, even though all of the hurt that I caused for her. And at that point, man, that I have matured, not just mentally and physically, but spiritually, I asked her for nothing. You know, I told her, I, this is where I know God wants me to stand on my own two feet, but I always knew that she was there. But that's what I'm saying, man, on that second go around, God provided those rams in the bush, man. I mean, more than just one. He provided himself, first of all, then he provided mentors, you know, um, like my wife often say, she didn't know me back then, but now she said, the man that I am, I don't hang around with the drug dealers and drug addicts anymore. I'm hanging around with dignitaries, men that are CEOs and own their own businesses and that, you know, undergird me and support me and give me that guidance. You know what I mean? We, when I got out, I got into a group it was a group of us and we went there, man, to take mental health checkups every month, you know, to see where we was at. We were able to express ourselves. So, again, the second time around, man, God will provide somebody in your path to help you through a situation. And I understand that. And that's why I'm trying not trying to be. That's what the release project is all about. Now that I've been released. I want to be able to go back and help somebody else to be released. Yeah, it's it's so that's man, that was a great point, bro. It's so important. Um, even even if you haven't gone through the incarceration process and stuff that you've been through, it's so important, man, to surround yourself with people that first of all will hold you accountable for your mistakes, mm -hmm. but also people that you can kind of, I don't want to say look up to, but people that are, are on a positive mindset or on a positive trail and can kind of be the influence that you need to not necessarily follow their footsteps, but to stay positive and find your own way, so to speak. You know what I mean? Um, that's the job of a mentor, brothers, that you share your experience, but you help somebody yeah. to get you where they need to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, um, again, you know, we can go back to the upbringing, man, and, and where you are, you know, in, in certain neighborhoods and everything, man. When you're surrounded by so much, you know, trying to find that positivity sometimes is worse than trying to find a needle in a haystack. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, when yeah, you have yeah. those opportunities. Like I remember, um, I remember um, 
Dame Dash uh, an interview one time, and this is kind of something that I've lived by since I heard him say this. He said that, okay, so at this time, I think he was taking this from the recollection of when he was a drug dealer. He was like, bro, if you're the most thorough dude in your crew, you need to find another crew because if you're the one that everybody is looking up to, you don't have anybody that you can look up to to kind of help you elevate and get to where you want to be. You know what I'm saying? So like if you're living in a certain neighborhood and you're hanging around, you know, with the same people that are doing the same things that you're doing, that have the same mindset that you have, you don't have, you know, anybody that can, you know, help you, or help put you in that mindset to do better. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. The one thing that I can say growing up, and, and I've lived probably, man, in, in pretty much every part of Baltimore that you can claim, literally, but I consider myself <laughs> being from West Baltimore, Libby Heights and Garrison to Warbrook Junction. That was my that was my, my, my stomping ground. And mm-hmm. one thing that I can say is that I always had people that were a little bit older than me or people that were right around my same age that were always doing good. You know what I mean? And when I slipped up and did something stupid or did something that I I didn't have any business doing, I had somebody to check me, bro. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I never forget. I, I, I called the girl out of her name one time and it was this dude. I think I was like 14 at the time and we had a, a, it was a brother in the neighborhood. We called him Big Dirk. We had a Big Dirk and a Little Dirk. You know, you always had a big and a little <laughs> in every neighborhood. Yeah, back. Exactly, yeah. He heard me yeah. call this girl her name, bro. And this dude, and at this time, Dirk was probably like 6'2", 240 pounds, all solid muscle. This dude punched me in my chest so hard, bro, that I don't think I caught my breath for two weeks. But he was like, <laughs> bro, he was like, bro, don't ever disrespect a girl like that you know what i'm saying that's somebody's daughter that's soon to be somebody's mom don't do her like that you know what i'm saying or if we was just running around in the neighborhood just doing stupid stuff getting in trouble we always had those dudes that checked us and kept us accountable and i think that's kind of what's missing a lot in the neighborhoods these days but i'm saying all of that to say that when you got to surround yourself with people man that are you know that'll that'll kind of give you some inspiration to stay on the right path, give you some inspiration to go to school, give you some inspiration to get a job, you know, and, and just stay on the right path until you get to where you want to get to. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, yeah, we're in a day and time where it's hard. It's, it's hard. You know, we don't we look at those people now that are doing well as soft. We look at them as, you know, we look at them as suckers, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they're not out here doing what we're doing. They're not going through what we're going through. So what can they teach us? What can they show us? They can show us a lot if you just take the opportunity and have the open mind to 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 follow, you know, in those footsteps and follow that path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely. You said a mouthful. Yeah, and, and that's something that I feel like is missing from this generation but I'm glad that it's brothers like you out here and a lot of other brothers that I know that are, are, are willing to reach back, you know, and, and, and pull, you know, pull somebody, take somebody by the hand and say, look, bro, 
I've, I've been where you're going. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've been through this because, you know, you know, and as we get older, we look back at the generation and say they think they know everything. Just like we thought we knew everything when we were coming up and we didn't always have those brothers. We didn't always have a Thomas Lane, you know, to look up to. I'm glad that I did. But a lot of them don't. So I appreciate right. the fact, bro, that you're willing to take, you know, the experiences that you had. And, you know, it's so cliche if you only help one. But if you only help one brother avoid going to jail, if you help one brother, you know, avoid drug addiction or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. nothing that you're doing is in vain. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like I, I feel that work that you're doing is, is very, very, very important, man. And, and I, I salute you for that work that you're putting in, for real. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. So I know that you don't want to get too much into the book because you really want people to go and get the book. But I want to talk about this music, man, because we got this video <laughs> that we're going to show. Awesome. Shout out to all of the young people that was in your video. I don't know if that was your kids or who they were. But they was in that video having a good time, man. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, bro, I got to make sure we play this video on the show. Talk a little bit about what you're doing from the music standpoint, man. Okay, so the, the music um, standpoint is part of the outreach connection so that I can go out and share the gospel. So my music is gospel fused with R&B and hip hop. So yeah. um, it's a rap track on my thing. And if you want me to share part of that, um, live right now, I do have a, a performance track that I could show you. But that's what it's, it's all about. It's about not only, you know, reaching out to the community, connecting with them through the music. Because, um, you know, like I said, again, when I was in El Salvador, I realized that music was universal. Um, but it has to be an impact with the music. So, you know, the, the songs that are being wrote is through the struggle I went through. And that's when I realized I couldn't make it without the Lord. So I wanted to get my family involved. So who you see in the video is my niece and nephew, my nieces and nephew. Um, Darren is the one. She's five years old. You see her in the forefront. And um, <laughs> she loves the Lord, man. And when I told them about what I was doing in the community, they wanted to come right alongside me and help me. So it became it took a traumatic experience. And God turned it into a joyful family situation. So that's what the song, I Can't Make It Without You, Lord, is really showing how God took something that seemed bad and transformed it into something good. He took my good, bad, and the ugly, my brother, and he transformed it into a new life with new purpose. And y'all, y'all having so much fun in this video, man. I, I loved it. I, just, I was just looking at the video, man, just smiling and saying, look at these little kids out here, man, just... Just, just having fun, man, and, and most importantly, man, just, just praising. You know what I mean? So let's yeah. go ahead and get into this video, bro. Um, this is I Can't Make It Without You. My brother Thomas Lane, man. Let's get into this real quick. Let me make sure I'm hitting all of the right buttons. Uh, there we go. I can't make it without you. There we go. Put that on the full screen. I don't know about you, but I can't make it without the Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't know your testimony, but I know the Lord has delivered me from drugs and over 10 years from prison. 
I can't make it without the Lord. I can't make it. I can't make it. I can't make it. I just can't make it without you, Lord. Yeah. I can't make it without you, Lord. I can't do it. I can't make it, make it. I just can't make it without you, Lord. I yeah. Make it. I can't make it without you, Lord. Mm-hmm. When I was down and out, oh, yeah. And I didn't know what to do. You know what? I found out that Jesus is the truth. say that journey to that was was a lot of work it was a lot of hard work but it was it was worth the work um so i wrote the song i also did background vocals and you know when i started the song i didn't i knew i had the music in my mind so brothers and i that sheet music wrote to that i did the beatbox sounds to 
um, the sister at my church, Michelle, who helped me do background vocals. And then I learned that her whole family would, you know, played instruments. So her husband played the guitar on that. Her um, oldest son played the bass and her youngest son played the drums. And we did the background vocals. And I know you're familiar about how you do um, when you record in the studio. So yeah. um, God truly, truly blessed me. Like I said, again, he'll provide what you need when you have a purpose in him. So he provided everything that I needed. And um, it was just wonderful. I'll tell you, it was just a blessing. And then to be able on the backside of that, be able to get my nieces and nephews, my family to get involved in it was was even like the icing on the cake, you know? That's, that's, that's awesome, bro. That 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 video, man, like I, that's probably like the fourth time that I've seen it now, the fourth or fifth time, man. And I, I just love people, first of all, seeing you praise and then just having fun with it, man. That's that's a lot of, you know what I mean? That, that's, that's a real yeah. good look. Right <laughs> sister Kiara said that's that feel good music right there. <laughs> Shout out to oh, sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the RP. That's the RP. <laughs> She wants your book information and um, we're going to, you know, we're going to definitely going to uh, let you give that before we go, man. But um, I was looking at your Facebook page and I, I saw this, uh, this whosoever believeth community that you're in. Mm -hmm. And you talked a little bit about how much that's impacted you. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Um, sure. Um, so Reverend Letty Carr was a chaplain at um, the Women's Institution in Jessup. And I met her through doing outreach. Like I told you, I was doing that before. Um, then now God took me to on this journey of release project. So we reconnected recently and she connected me into whosoever believe. And it's um, it's on a Slack. Um, it's like a download on a website. So you can go to whosoever believe. But what happened, man, is that it's a place, man, that you know, you could get the word of the day. You know how you need a word of inspiration sometime when you're going through. Um, and, and I know at some point at each and every one of our lives daily, we need some inspiration from somewhere, you know. And for these people, they they just come together and huddle around you, man. And you can share your inspiration and they share their inspiration. But it's not just that. They're talking about everyday events like the COVID situation that's going on right now, but we approach it from a community standpoint of what can we do to make this situation better? So it, it, it's a place of accountability, like you talked about early, you know, because I get this little ping on my phone, like whenever there's a communication going on my phone, a ping, and I can chime right into whatever is going on. So I'm telling you, this community, this community of whatsoever, whosoever believe is great. And then aside from that, she has that prayer line. So she invited me on there to be able to be an inspiration as well as me receiving inspiration. It goes both ways. It's a two-way street. Like you're inspiring me, brother, and I'm hoping that I'm inspiring you and everybody that's watching. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um Bro, your, your story alone is, is inspiration enough for me, man. Um, and that's why when Sis reached out and, you know, she she gave me a little bit of background, I was like, man, these are the, you know, these are the kind of feel-good stories that we need. You know what I mean? We, we, we are quick to, we are quick to 
especially in this world of social media, man, there's so much negative, you know, that goes out um, on a daily basis. And again, you know, like I said before, when you turn the news on, man, you're just bombarded, you know, hit over the head so often, you know, with so much negative and so much bad stuff, man, that, you know, when I have the opportunity, man, to, to bring somebody like you to the world, man, I, it's, it's, it's literally a no brainer for me. You know what I mean? Um, because I know, I know so many Thomases, bro. You know what I mean? I know so many brothers that have gone through the situations that you've gone through and haven't found that release yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. They haven't found that, that point in their life where they can say, okay, it's time for me to turn around. It's time for me to, you know, or they've come out and they haven't had that support system that you were able to have, or they just haven't, you know, been able to make the, whatever that connection is that allows them to turn their life around. They haven't been able to do that. And unfortunately, those are the ones that society kind of dwells on instead of taking someone like you who has taken all of the stuff that you've been through, man, and putting out projects like this, you know, doing the work that you're doing as a state employee working in the prisons, man, and just like literally just giving back, you know, and I don't know if you realize the impact that you're making, but I believe in my heart that you're truly making an impact because somebody, whether they're incarcerated now or they've been incarcerated and they're out here in this world and they're trying to find their way, can listen to your story. They can read your book. They can listen to your music and say, okay, if he did it, I can do it. And at the end of the day, that's all it's about. You know what I'm saying? You're leading the horse to the water. <laughs> what they do when they get to the water, you know, is, is between them and God. But you're leading the horses to the water, so to speak. And when yeah. I have those opportunities to bring people like you up, man, I, I it's a no-brainer for me. I, I have to do it. I have to do it. So I appreciate you, man. Like, you know, you're, you're saying that you appreciate me for, for the platform. I appreciate you for the story. I appreciate you for the inspiration, you know because it's going to touch somebody, somebody, whether they're watching now, whether they come back and they see this later on YouTube or they listen to this on, you know, one of the podcasts, they're going to hear their story and they're going to say, bro, that could be me if I just fill in the blank. And that fill in the blank for them can be whatever it is that they need to do to hopefully turn their life around, man. So I appreciate you, bro. Definitely. Definitely. And we're going to be, Thank we're you, going to continue. Yeah, we're, we're going to continue to be in touch, man. Like I said, I, I definitely have to get a shirt from you um, so that I can, you know, rock that and support on the, on the show and everything, man. But um, like you're doing some stuff outreach wise, man, that I would love to be a part of, you know, and that and that I know some other people would love to be a part of if we can down the road, man. So we're definitely going to make sure that we keep in touch and, you know, and, and see how God brings us together. You know what I mean? Amen. Yes, that's definitely needed. You know, um, you know how they said in, the, in that movie, you know, one finger, but five balled up as a fist can make an impact. So the more people that we put together, brother, on this journey, we could definitely impact some lives. I mean, I'm so grateful that there are other people out there um, in support of this. So definitely it's, it's on trajectory right now once i get to a certain place i'm definitely going to be needing other soldiers on the battlefield with me absolutely absolutely um 
Kiara says, I, for one, love to hear a positive story. There are many who didn't make it or who are struggling in this very moment. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. Amazing. God bless you. And may everything that you touch and all you encounter be blessed as well. Wow. And that's real talk. Wow. Thank you so much, sister. Appreciate that. That's real talk. And she asked earlier about the book, man. Yeah, bro. Like, bro, like I, like I said, you're, you're, you're touching people right now. You know what I mean? Like, like she said, there's so many, there's so many that didn't make it or that don't have the opportunity or even they have the opportunity and they don't take advantage of the opportunity. There's some people that, that could come out and say that, you know, Hey, I made it through and I'm good and just keep on living life. You know what I mean? And, and you yeah. very easily could have taken that path, but you chose to, you know, again, use everything that you've been through to reach back and help, man. And that, that means the world to a lot of people, bro. Like, I, I really commend you for that. But, um, Kiara asked earlier about, uh, the book and how she could, uh, you know, get some information on obtaining the book. So please let her know. I sure will. Um, so if you go on, um, www.releaseproject.com. You will see um, this image. Imagery is also on uh, Facebook, YouTube. You can connect with me there. But I'm gonna see. Uh, I have a QR code here. Give me, brother. The way the thing is <laughs> situated, yeah. I'll try to get it right. There's a QR code that you can scan, and I'm gathering. Maybe let me get this card straight first. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can scan that. Yeah. Maybe you can scan it and be able to get that QR code off of there. I'm gonna hold it up there for a second. Um, but if can. not, it's www. It's www.releasedproject.com, and you yeah. can go, go to my website, and there you can purchase um, either. I call it sowing a seed. You can either sow a seed into the book. Or you can get the uh, the music EP. Um, it's a digital version, but I also, um, you know, burn some for those that still like to have CDs. So all of the imagery and graphics, again, man, I created. The videos, all of the editing and animation, I did all of that stuff. And that's what I'm talking about, Chuan, that I want to teach, you know, incarcerated men and women. Give them an avenue out that they can do something different than just selling drugs or committing crimes. They have a potential in them. And I want to be able to give that back to them free of charge, you know, um, through people that understand what's going on and, and trying to give back. When they do this project, that's where this money is going. It's going to um, school supplies for kids again, and then taller trees. And then the next step, is a uh, visual um, communication workshop. So um, that's that's the bigger picture. And then there's some other things that I don't want to speak about yet because you know you got to make one step at a time before you get exactly. to the bigger picture. Exactly. Yeah. So um, hopefully you'll have me back later, six months, seven months from now or so, and we can see where the journey is going then. Okay. We're connected. So just hit me up when you're ready. I mean, that's, that's, that's okay. a no brainer deal. Just hit me up. Um, oh, let me well. put the, uh, I want to put the website back up one more time. Uh, I'm going to shoot. I'm scrolling up. I got to take the comment down first. Oh, and hmm. then this podcast stuff is a lot of work when you're doing it by yourself. 
Uh, no, wrong one. That one. Bam, there we go. Okay. www.releaseproject.com. I was clicking on the wrong one, bro. Um, yeah, definitely, man. Please go to the website. Um, purchase a book. Purchase a T-shirt. Purchase the EP. Um, I plan on getting all three. Um, and like he said, yeah, this isn't just a problem. Yeah, I don't wear hats, man. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I don't look right yeah, at hats. Go <laughs> headbands, bro. Oh, headbands. Head I don't look like right head Oh, that's dope. I got right the there. headband over top of my hat. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's fire right there. That's fire right there. Yeah. But whatever it is, man, whatever it is that you choose to purchase, man, just go in and support um, as he said earlier, this money, it, it, it's not profit for him. This is about, you know, him utilizing this money to give back, you know, to help him, to help fund all of the work that he's doing, going back inside the prisons, um, the work that he's doing, helping out in the community and stuff like that. Uh, that's the very important part of this as he's frozen. Are you still there, bro? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so yeah, it, it's frozen on you holding up the the uh, mannequin yeah. head with the uh, with the released on there, man. But um, I just want to reiterate, you know, that you know it's it's important to go and support this project, man, and um, you know, just help this brother and everything that it is, everything that it is that he's trying to do. Excuse me for getting tongue tied because it, this is very important. Um, and it's very much needed, man. And, and like I said before. You know, there's so much stuff, you know, there's so much attention that gets thrown to the negative stuff that when we have something positive like this going on, we definitely have to take advantage of it. So I appreciate you, bro. This has been awesome. Uh, <laughs> get it for your cousin. My cousin make more money than me. He can go get it himself. <laughs> Shout out to Kendra for tuning in. But, um, bro, let everybody know real quick, man, um, how they can follow you social media wise. And again, um, give the website information so that they can uh, come and support you, bro. Okay. Yeah, my website is www.releaseproject.com. You can also follow me on YouTube. All you have to do is put in Release Project, and you'll see that imagery that I showed, the business card early, that'll come up. And if you go to at Release Project, you can find me also on Facebook. Uh, I wanted to share a little tidbit of um, my hip-hop gospel, if you don't mind. Absolutely. I just wish you weren't frozen right now. Do me a favor. Do me a favor before you do that. Uh, uh -huh. Leave out and come right back in. I'm going to leave this open because I want you to be live so that we see so that we see you when you're doing that. So leave out and come right back in real quick. Matter of fact, I'll go ahead and remove you. When I remove okay. you, just come right back. Dope. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Real great story, man. Real inspirational story. We we need to hear more stuff like this. Like you said earlier, Kiera, um, we need more people to be transparent, man, and, you know, and, and share their stories because there's so many people that can that can benefit um, from these kind of stories, man. And I just, you know, I'm thankful again. Shout out to my sister, Kesha for uh connecting thomas and i and um yeah let's see if he comes back up in here if not then we're just gonna go ahead and end it man um shout out to my victorious living faith family we had a great 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 service yesterday 
um, she ever praises to you and your family on the young brother giving his life to Christ. That was major. And I love the fact that he did it on his own. I saw him sitting over there, raising his hand, raising his hand, raising his hand. You know, um, a lot of times when you're that, when you're that age, you kind of feel pressured to go up. And I love the fact that you guys didn't have the pressure. I'm sure you've had the talks with them and everything like that before, but the fact that he chose to make that move on his own is, is super major. So, um, you know, congratulations to you. Congratulations to my brother, Mishan and little Mishan, man, that's major, bro. And, um, the little brother knows now that he, he has a, he has an army of warriors and brothers that's going to stand by his side. So salute to him for that. You back, bro? Yes, sir. I'm here. All right. I wanted to make sure we had you right, man, before you, before you did your thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go ahead and put you in. I'm actually go ahead and put you in solo mode, man, and let you go ahead and rock out and do your thing, bro. Okay. The Bible says in Romans 8.28 that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord that are called according to his purpose. God took my good the bad and the ugly, and he transformed it into a new life with new purpose. I've been released. I was living in the fast lane, trying to get the cash thing. Thought I was a thug, but got stopped for using drugs. Living on a wimp, jeans, hoodies, and some Tim's. Thought my future was bright, but in fact, it was dim. Because I was standing on the corner thinking drugs is the answer. Detrimental to my soul, killing me soft like a cancer. I was homeless, an addict, and went to jail twice. But God's grace and mercy got a different plan for my life. I did a turnaround, 180 degrees. I gave my life to God and got delivered from the sin disease. I've been redeemed from a low self-esteem, a new creature. And Christ no longer living in the drug scene. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I praise God for the life I have left. With every breath I take, I thank God for directing the moves I make. When I was living under pressure but did not break, I feel great. I'm going to serve him every day to increase my faith. I'm down with G-O-D because he paid the price. Sacrifice, he gave his life. His name is Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm on a mission to spread the good news from the blocks of the corners down to the church pews. If you want change, choose Christ. You can't lose. He's the Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end. He's my Lord, my Savior. Stay closer than a friend. If you're going through a struggle, he can bring you out of sin. That'll call. All things. Heavenly Father, I come before your presence today to thank you for your tender mercy, your grace, and your kindness, which is shown new towards us each and every day, Lord God. I come boldly unto the throne of grace to obtain grace and mercy to help in a time of need. I thank you, Lord, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As I close this prayer, but not my heart, I look unto you, the author and the finisher of my faith. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Yeah, yeah. It's all about Jesus, brother.
video coming soon on the YouTube channel. Look out for it. Video coming, video coming soon, fool. <laughs> My man, what's up, bro? Appreciate that. Hey, before before we get out of here, man, um, I want you to just give one message, man, to anyone that sees this, anyone that hears this, that may be going through similar situations that you've gone through. You know that that may be on that brink right now of you know they they might be at that crossroads man and just need to hear a, a positive message from someone that's been there that's been through um give them one last message man before you go yeah i'll let you know that a humble mistake is better than an arrogant achievement because in our humbleness god can step mm. in and change our lives but when we're arrogant man we'll never come down and eventually, man, we're going to leave this place if we don't realize that God is the source of our strength. Mm. Drop the mic, bro. That's, that's just, 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 just drop it. <laughs> drop the mic right there. Definitely drop the mic moment. Yeah. Um, again, bro, I appreciate you so much, man. Um, very inspiring, you know, um, and very humble in the work that you're doing, which I think is what I love the most. You know what I mean? Um, and again, yeah, and, and even Kiara just said it right there. She says, stay humble, very humble, you know, in, in the work that you're doing. Um, we'll connect in about six months, man, so that we can, you know, see what's going on with you. Um, but I know Kiara has mentioned, and I've also mentioned earlier, man, that if there's anything that we can do, man, to support other than, you know, of course, of course, going out and, you know, purchasing the merch and the book and everything. Um, just let me know. Um, you know, I can honestly say that we I know that I speak for them when I say that we're very willing to come out and help anything that we can do to help make a difference in our community, man. So, you know, we're looking forward to uh, having you back, as Kiara is saying right here. And um. Yeah, man, just just stay stay connected, bro. I mean, we we already have a you know we 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 got a mutual friend, so I know we'll be in touch, man. But I just appreciate you, bro. Like, I, I want you to know, man, that we need more Thomas Lanes, man. We need people that are willing to be transparent and tell their stories, and at the same time, be willing to reach back, man, and pull another brother up. You know what I mean? And, and I just salute yeah, you, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, that's, that's really all I can say, bro. I just, I, I salute the work, man. I support what you're doing and anything that we can do on this end, man, to, to help you continue to be a blessing. We're here for you, bro. Amen. I appreciate you, Twan, and everybody that's watching. I'm going to definitely keep you lifted in prayer, brother. And we're connected now. So, Absolutely. um, we're soldiers on the battlefield, man. We have the same mindset and kindred spirit. So I appreciate you again, brother. And I definitely will be in touch. Now it's time to get out there and do the work. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. Doesn't get any better than that, man. Give it up for my man, Tom Flynn, y'all. We appreciate you, brother. We'll definitely be in touch. We appreciate you taking some time out, man. Have a good one, bro. All right. You too, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. <laughs> Yeah, man. Great. Oh, great, great brother. Great, great brother, man. Um, and I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna get into a whole lot of the other stuff that I wanted to talk about. Um, I just I'm appreciative, man, of everybody that tuned in tonight. 
Um, continue to follow us on all social media, man. Access granted. We're everywhere. We're even on Twitter now, even though I hate Twitter. Um, but just follow us, man. Um, share this video. If you watch this tonight, man, share this video. I know that there's somebody out there that can be touched by this brother's story, man. So share this video. Um, share the website, you know, so that people can go and, you know, support the movement by, you know, purchasing some merchandise, purchasing the book, purchasing the EP. Um, I'm grateful for you all. Uh, make sure you check us out this Friday. We have uh, another episode of, or another segment, I should say, I hate calling that episode, another segment of Access Granted Acapellas and Acoustics. I'm not going to say who the guest is going to be this week, but I'm looking forward to dropping it. Um, and I will, hold on, let me check my calendar. I'm going to start making it a habit of checking my calendar so I can let y'all know who will be on the next show. Uh, I believe my next show is actually next Monday again, which will be the 24th. Oh, we have actress Tekerla Motique. Um, she's going to be on the show. She has a lot of great projects that's in the works, man. So I'm looking forward to chopping it up with her. Baltimore's own Tequila Motico being a building. Appreciate you guys, man. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Thank you for allowing me to access or grant you access. I'm going to figure that out as we go along. But I love y'all, man. Peace.